0: Welcome to the Powerful Marketing Tips Podcast, created for overwhelmed business owners who want to build, run, and organize their marketing for good. And here's a brief overview of our guest. How to attract the right talent for your business. Today's guest knows all about that. Tina Harbert at Piera is a headhunter based in Brussels, Belgium. Tina is AESC certified, that stands for the Association of Executive Search Consultants, and she's focused on working with multinational companies with global recruitment of international talent for senior level positions. By the way, Tina speaks nine languages, English, Swedish, Portuguese, Estonian, French, German, Dutch, Finnish and Russian. Can you believe that? Well, that is what I call impressive. And we're about to learn some of the biggest mistakes from her that companies make when they recruit talent, as well as some good tips on how to approach the right talent.
1: I am so excited about today's episode because this is the first time when I'm interviewing my countrymen, but not in our native language. So I am very proud to introduce to you all Tina Jarvat Pereira, who is originally from Estonia, but now lives many, many years in Belgium.
2: Welcome, Tina. Thank you so much, Marilis, for having me. It's, it's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
1: Thank you, Tina. So the topic we are going to focus on today is how to attract talent with LinkedIn. But before we start, Please tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do and how you ended up in Belgium?
2: So I work as a career strategy consultant and a headhunter. So I help companies to find uh, top talent and attract people to their companies. And I've basically done it for the past 20 years working in the executive search industry. And like you said, I was born in Estonia, but I moved to Sweden uh, with my family when I was 12 years old. And uh, I learned Swedish as my second mother tongue. And after the experience in Sweden, I moved to to Austria and and then to Belgium. So learning new languages and getting to know new cultures, has really helped me in the recruitment business because companies, multinationals need international talent. And the best way to connect with them is to have the cultural awareness that one size doesn't fit all. So we are all different and and how to approach it, it really has helped me to find candidates.
1: That's, that's great. And Tina, I know that you speak nine languages. That's crazy. Let's be honest. <laughs> of course, it's, uh, <laughs> of course, in a good way, right? So pretty much, uh, I would say anybody who is listening to, uh, to this episode can reach out to you in their native language, right? Can you please tell us what are the nine languages you speak?
2: Well, in, in my work, I use um, Swedish German, French, uh, Dutch, um, also Portuguese, and, and Estonian, and um, the most passive languages are Russian and Finnish mm-hmm. that I don't use that often.
1: But still, nine languages, oh my God, I I personally don't know anybody who speaks so much languages, so you, for me, you are a true hero.
2: But coming from Estonia, we we need to learn all the other languages. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to communicate with others. So I think that has been an advantage Mm -hmm. um, and and also an obstacle. So it was always out of necessity that I learned the other languages. Mm -hmm. It's it's not because I like to suffer and and learn lots of grammar. It's because I really needed the language at, at a certain time. And and that was the force because it's embarrassing to make mistakes, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's what we do always when we learn something new.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, every every language becomes easier because you know it. there will be a lot of uh, learning experiences, so you're already prepared and you know the the phases and, and also some vocabulary you, you get from, for free.
1: Mm -hmm, I, I so get it. That's the beauty of, uh, you know, when, when you come from a small country like Estonia, you just need to know other languages. And uh, of course, that's, that's, that's a great thing (laughs) to to learn all of those languages. So let's talk about LinkedIn, which is your passion really today. (laughs) (laughs) So, how would you say for whom and, and why LinkedIn is very important today? Because the way I see this, yes, they started, you know, as a recruitment platform. But today, it seems like LinkedIn is more of um, the place where we, you know, connect and, uh, and share and learn uh, all of those, um, let's say, business to uh, business relationships more, uh, the most. How do you see LinkedIn today?
2: You are so right, Marilis. It it used to be a CV database. Mm -hmm. And I joined in 2005, uh, 17 years ago when I entered the executive search business. So it was really a database. But like you said, during the last year's, it has become a social media platform with emphasis on social. And actually, it's it's the way we met. It was through mm-hmm. um, Canadians and uh, people from the U.S., so second, third degree connections who introduced us. And, and that's why we have the conversation today. If it wasn't for LinkedIn uh, and if it wasn't, that we were sharing our knowledge and and building relationships with others, we wouldn't have met. And that, that's the beauty of LinkedIn nowadays.
1: You are so right. And it was, it was kind of funny, I would say, uh, how we met, because you may expect that in a country like Estonia, we have 1.3 million people only. You You may expect that we all kind of know each other, but no, <laughs> I met Tina thanks to LinkedIn. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, so, but let's talk about this um, recruiting side of the LinkedIn, because nowadays we talk about, uh, uh, mostly about this uh, social part of LinkedIn, right? How to build your personal brand on LinkedIn and how to build your company uh, pages on LinkedIn and so on. But let's talk about this recruitment, really. Um, How how do you, how would you say what are the... I don't know, biggest mistakes or, or, or biggest even success stories you have seen when uh, companies are recruiting through, through LinkedIn today?
2: I think the the success depends on two things. So first of all, the keywords. Keywords is something that's written on a job description so that when, when you're looking for talent, you know exactly what the person has to know and w- which background, which studies and specific tools that they, they have used. And all of that, everyone can fill out on their LinkedIn profile. And LinkedIn has become more and more advanced over the years. I use a specific tool that's called LinkedIn Recruiter. So I have access to all the profiles on LinkedIn, even the people I'm not connected to. So all 800 million users. And through keyword search, I can find talent anywhere in the world because I work with global positions. and bring talent from from Africa and from Asia to to Belgium. So it's really the main tool for recruiters. And if you fill out your skills and assessments in a correct way, you you can be found by, by any recruiter in the world. And the latest update that I saw this month is that Now I can choose specifically candidates who have um, completed a skills assessment test Mm. and that will put them on the first page uh, of my search. So from 50 pages of candidates, you will be on the first page. So there are two things,
1: actually, keywords and skills assessment test. You need to pay attention first.
2: Yeah. And, and the second thing that is important is there is war on talent Mm. and companies were used to that. It was uh, the companies picking and choosing the best candidates. Mm -hmm. It's not the case anymore. We, we need to change the way we reach out to candidates in a more personalized way. So nobody wants to be contacted with an automated message sounding like a robot. You really mm-hmm. need to read the candidate's profile and connect uh, with them as human beings and show that uh, you have read their profile and show interest. So it feels that this message is really uh, sent only to me and not to 500 other candidates. Wow that that what needs to change the mindset how mm-hmm. how you reach out, mm-hmm. so you really need to be authentic, you know it's
1: not like I'm just trying <laughs> to reach all of those people, <laughs> but I want you specifically
2: exactly it's it's not like mm-hmm. uh, throwing spaghetti on the wall and <laughs> and seeing w- what will stick <laughs> you need to. Make it personal because the top candidates are contacted by hundreds of recruiters every year. So you need to stand out as well mm-hmm. and, and make make a connection, human connection.
1: To be very honest, it, it really sounds like a lot of work,
2: you know, because
1: I mean, it's, <laughs> it sounds like very time consuming. Actually, you know, to, to find for those people and to really connect with them and to, to build those relationships. Of course, I agree that's by the end of the day, it's, it's worth it. Right. But is that um, something that you do for your clients that you really kind of do this uh, first round yourself and you try to uh, understand who are the best candidates. And then you, um, then you are taking those to the, to the table of the, of the client you are working with.
2: Exactly. That mm-hmm. That's the way. I'm the person who connects the organizations and the talents because mm-hmm. internal recruiters, they do so many other things. They uh, have other HR responsibilities like onboarding of the mm-hmm. new candidates. Mm-hmm. I interview candidates all day long. So this is my core business. I reach out to them. I build relationships with them. I talk to them at least on three different occasions, normally one hour conversations Mm -hmm. and send several emails and messages before I even present them to the hiring manager. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just to be sure that there is a cultural fit and that they will be able to do the job because it's so important to to present the right candidate for the for the company mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they trust me because we have long work relationships they know that i will bring them only the the people who are fit for the job and and save save time um for them but let's talk about those
1: right candidates William. I because you mentioned already the cultural difference but i assume that there may be also those generational um, let's say differences even because um i would say that there are already people on the on uh, there are already people who are not only you know looking for a salary they are they want to make sure that okay uh, there is uh, values, um, you know, that are aligned with, uh, with my own values. And your organization needs to be a place where, you know, I can advance my career. This is the place where I have those opportunities to learn new skills or take new challenges and so on. So,
2: I think that's a two-side um, road, really, right? Definitely. And it's so important that the candidate feels they are in the right company as well, mm-hmm. that they go through the process step-by-step step, evaluating every interview, if, if it's uh, going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Because I know the hiring managers and the company from working several years with them, I know which um, cultural match would be a good one, but also the candidate needs to realize that and have the time to, to reflect on it, and there isn't a better way to to say that this company invests in people than showing the hiring manager's LinkedIn profile. You can see their career in the company, how long they have stayed, which are the um, different internal promotions they had this talks much louder than just empty words saying that we value our people in the company. So it's really a two way assessment. And my job is to know and see the match because we give a one-year guarantee that the person will stay in this position. So I really need to know their deepest motivation mm-hmm. and, and their core values and understand what is their passion, what drives them. Only then I can I can see if it's a good fit. So what
1: I hear you saying is if I am the company who wants to hire you, I need to walk the talk, right? Because if I don't yes. do that, then you don't want to
2: collaborate with me. <laughs> I, I I am not a magician. I can only mm-hmm. help you uh, through the process. But it's so important, for example, for employee branding. Mm-hmm. If if the candidate um, goes through the process, it's a green light to, mm-hmm. to meet uh, the HR or to... Do the online assessments and then to meet the um, hiring manager, that there isn't a too big delay, time delay, because you can say we're really interested in you. But if somebody needs to wait for three weeks between the steps, it, it gives you totally different uh, signals, and and you really want to have this momentum going in in the right direction because. The moment I speak to a candidate about a new career opportunity, they are contacted out of the blue. They are not actively looking for jobs. Mm. So I plant a seed (laughs) that they will start looking for new opportunities and, and maybe understand that in their current organization, there isn't space for growth the only way to do it is to look for external opportunities if if you already have that uh thought going through your brain mm-hmm. th- there is nothing mm-hmm. to to stop it to to make you stay so it, it it's really powerful what we can do with our words and and the hope and the aspirations so that, that's very important because we're dealing with, with people's lives and mm-hmm. also their families' lives if we're bringing them to, to Belgium from different continents. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this employer branding, really. What are the do's and don'ts there? Because what I just heard is that you also connect with people who are not looking uh, for a job, maybe even for this second. So... You want to be sure that you know the company uh, is really attractive for them, so that they would even consider, you know, changing their position or, or company or even country, as you as you said. So, <laughs> what are the that's say dos and don'ts you you need to you need to consider before you start really recruiting.
2: When we talk about employer branding the first thing people think about is the uh, the the colors and the images <laughs> that's a, not what is important mm-hmm. it's of course it it makes a difference but that's not how people make decisions for example if you're decided that you're working with an external recruitment agency you you need to also interview the people to see how they are representing you because the way Mm -hmm. i talk to you i will also talk to the candidates Mm -hmm. and there are two different kind of recruitment agencies the ones uh, i work only with exclusivity so i'm i'm the only person reaching out to candidates for this position Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, there are other organizations who choose to work with several different agencies, which uh, it's called no cure, no pay. So the one mm-hmm. who finds the candidate first gets paid. The others don't get paid.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't work that way. And it's very, very damaging to your uh, employer branding because what signals are you sending out? hmm if if you're contacted by several people for the same position, it's very confusing and it doesn't make doesn't feel like exclusive uh, offer to you. It's if it's several people, several companies, then it feels like yeah, anyone can get that job. I, I work with confidential projects mm-hmm. that that are not. Um, um, announced anywhere on on job boards it's it's jobs that sometimes can be confidential or uh, delicate mm-hmm. um, circumstances so it's really finding the right candidates and not going with the um, quantity but really quality doing more research before reaching out because people get very annoyed when they are Contacted for a position that's not mm-hmm. uh, the right level for them. Mm-hmm. If it's uh, too junior, then then they get the impression that all uh, recruiters are like this and and don't get back to them. So it's important to to first see the fit and then then reach out.
1: Mm-hmm. That really circles back to the spaghetti stories, you know. If several <laughs> companies are, are trying to, you know, engage with those people, so that's that's really good, you know. Quality before quantity. What what else comes to your mind beside the colors and the
2: <laughs> and the beauty? <laughs> it's it's very much mm-hmm. how how people are are treated mm-hmm. and we are used to seeing on linkedin all those um like company pages all this corporate content people actually connect with other people so if you have a great company culture that's transparent that's open not that hierarchical you have uh, company events it, you you post pictures of you cooking together. That's what people want to see. Mm-hmm. They they don't they don't want to see the corporate stuff that they see anyway on on the company website. They want to see who are the people who are working there. Uh, the diversity. Would I fit in? That's that's what people want to see. That's really how how we connect and and that that kind of content is very very helpful
1: that's very good. What you just brought out. I'm doing some notes here, so i'm not just looking down I'm sorry because when <laughs> we talk about how to build your company page on on LinkedIn right we talk about you know how to how to have this strategy there, and too often companies want to only talk about, you know, the products or services or, you know, our value propositions and so on, or the business side of this. And um, and I know when I interviewed um, uh, Michelle Raymond from Australia yes. here, uh, yes. and she talked about how to build your company, uh, company page on LinkedIn. And I remember she noted, uh, she mentioned that um, every, I think it was third post, should be about you know the people behind the scenes what you're doing together yes. show this wipe, what you have there because people really want to see you you know what is happening there and how how it feels like to work there how fun it is how how much you know you enjoy working together and that really brings a, a very good argument, you know, for for us, for for people who are taking care of marketing side of the (laughs) business. Okay, this is also one thing why you should uh, include that because you you never know when you need to hire someone and you you want to show them that we have done those things. That's very good, Dina. Yeah, go on.
2: I enjoyed that. And, and also showcasing your clients because mm. they are humans mm-hmm. and, and their experience because it's so much better when somebody else talks well about you instead of you uh, bragging. So mm-hmm. that, that's also showcasing others um, and, and how you brought value and how you helped them. That, that's so important. So this social proof
1: of what you're actually yes. doing because it it is much more valuable when others are saying something nice about your company, not yourself, <laughs> right?
2: We all know that. Exactly. And the same goes for your personal profile. I always look through the whole profile. Mm-hmm. I don't stop at the experience. I look through the skills and also the recommendations. Not only the recommendations that you have received, but the recommendations that you have given mm. or the lack of them. Why the recommendations that you have given are interesting because there I can read the natural language, how you talk, what are your values in which projects were you involved, how you collaborate with other people. It's you are giving a gift to other people by writing a recommendation, but also doing yourself a favor. So I highly recommend to take time and, and write those recommendations to, to your colleagues and, and people whose collaboration you enjoyed.
1: Wow, that's a very good one, Tina. I've never thought of that, that you know people are also looking for what you give, those, uh, those recommendations. That's, that's very strong. Thank you for the, for that. <laughs> I would and, definitely and go should... and check what kind of recommendations I have, <laughs> I have given to it.
2: And it should be a balance as mm-hmm. well. If you're only receiving and not giving any, mm-hmm. that's also an indication. So of course. Have, have that, uh, yeah, have that imbalance. balance.
1: Oh my God! There are so many great things already. Is there anything else <laughs> I should go and check on my LinkedIn? Not that I'm not that I'm looking for a job right now, but still, you know, that's a good thing that I, I've never thought of. How it really shows me, you know, uh, this way as as you are talking here right now, that it really gives you a feeling of of a people, you know, who is only asking for those recommendations but never gives themselves right. Oh, I, yes. I, I hope I have a good balance there, at least I, I think so right now, but I would definitely go and check that. What else? Do you have any other? And, and
2: also, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm not currently looking for a job, mm-hmm. but Marily, it, it can change overnight. You never know, yeah. Like during the past years, how many people... Who have been made redundant because of reorganizations mm-hmm. and also the pandemic? Mm-hmm. That people who have excellent personal reviews, but just because of one um, one division in Europe was let go, everyone is mm-hmm. overnight almost unemployed, and then it's too late to start with with the networking, because we need to be, be proactive. You don't fix the roof when it's raining. You need to mm-hmm. do it uh, on constant basis. Like when I see that all the recommendations were given during the past months and, and nothing uh, before the first 10 years, then it's like, hmm. This person only reaches out when they need something. But if you have a recommendation every mm-hmm. couple of months just to keep the flow and and you don't come uh, true as desperate when you only <laughs> start reaching out to people. But if, if you build your uh, thought leadership over the years, if you're helping others when they need a new job, you mention their name in the room when it's needed, that that's how the networking uh, mm-hmm. works so you st- start by giving uh, before you ask for for any favors
1: i love that because we should always you know build relationships before we need them that's one of my mantras as well <laughs> exactly so Tina, please tell us, how should people get in touch with you? Because I'm sure they now want to do that. And, uh, <laughs> and they also know that pretty much, uh, half of the world can, uh, reach out in their native language. So please
2: tell us. <laughs> the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, active on LinkedIn daily. So send me a message and I'm happy to, to connect.
1: Well, you have shared some great inspiration, that's for sure. And uh, I know that people uh, will want to (laughs) get in touch with you. So (laughs) tell me, do you have any final thoughts to to really wrap it up uh, for our listeners here today before we go to the inspirational side of the interview? I mean, (laughs) I'm sorry. It has has all been very inspirational. I said it very wrong way. I'm sorry. (laughs) Before we go to the song (laughs) and quotes... (laughs)
2: Great. What I I see that many people do on on LinkedIn is that they are keeping the network closed. So it's it's not Facebook. People on LinkedIn are not your friends. They are connections. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the new connection will. Bring to you or to anyone in your network who would need to come in contact with this person. So it's w- what's the point of having a, a network if it's not open? It's it's like like a parachute. Mm-hmm. It should be open and and feel free to to reach out to to new people and invest in those relationships. Get to know the people who who are in your network instead of getting huge numbers, really get to know them and, and ask how you could help them because that, that's the way to, to build the, the network and that, that has really um, in, inspired me to, to reach out to more people and, mm-hmm. and get to know new people. That's very well said. So
1: we should all really build those relationships before we need that we we need them because we never know when we might need them. Exactly. Well, thank you Tina. It's be, it's been great, but and last but not the least, please share and comment <laughs> now on the song and the quote that will be added, you know, to our list to for our Powerful marketers community members. <laughs> And uh, this is something you know that uh, that um, inspires them as well. So please <laughs> share with us.
2: So the song is Tina Turner, "Simply the Path. It's of course it's of <laughs> course the name, mm-hmm. um, but also when when I say to candidates before they go to a a meeting, especially online uh, virtual meeting where you, you don't have the direct connection with the people, you need to bring your energy. Mm. You need to, because through the screen, it doesn't go through that well. So you need to articulate the words, I'm interested, I'm motivated. And when you have the energy, then then it comes through much better. And I think this song, it, it it makes you smile. It makes you want to dance mm-hmm. and feel good. And, and when you feel your best, that's how you will present yourself best as well during a job interview or uh, for a client meeting.
1: That's a very powerful song. It always kind of turns you on, you know. It's like, <laughs> always want to dance. <laughs> Thank you. And what about yes. the quote?
2: Uh, so, we rise by lifting others. Mm. I think it's so important. Uh, we have been so privileged that we have uh, had the opportunity to study and and to live uh, fulfilled lives with with careers that we have chosen. It's so important to to share it with others and. And lift others up that's the that's the only way uh, to grow so I'm always so happy if I can help somebody with with tips of mm-hmm. um, their career strategy and practical tools and also mindset how how to get to the next level that makes me the happiest
1: wow, that is so powerful brilliant so I really appreciate your time, Tina, and I am so happy we met thanks to LinkedIn <laughs> and um, and thank you again for, for your time and for your insights. It was very uh, inspiring and, you know, keep on lifting others <laughs> because we really need people like <laughs> yourself. So
0: thank you,
2: Tina. <laughs> thank you and see you on LinkedIn.
0: That's all we've got for this episode of the Powerful Marketing Tips podcast. Make sure to link up with us at our free monthly international mastermind event. Just go to powerful-marketers.com forward slash mastermind for registration. And one thing that would really help us and other new potential listeners is if you would rate this show and leave a comment wherever you tune in to listen. Until next time, take care.